Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Arsgadding coming to you live from North Carolina. And what a blessing it is to be back here after uh, an eventful day yesterday and an eventful weekend, um, continuing to stand on the wall praying for the office of the president. And today we have uh, quite a few things to get into. Got to pop the paper. Um just to spice things up a little bit and we want to kind of come to a close on our journey as we finally hit the final day in the prayer point for dethroning the thrones of iniquity here in um, the future war of the church book by chuck pierce and coming to which is i mean just an amazing how god lines this up is you know, on our other podcast, uh, my dad's been giving the the prophetic word of the ancient weapons from the past will be used for today, and and this book was written in early two thousands, and it lines out how today that's the very prayer point um, that we're on uh, of that same the ancient of days continuing to build off of yesterday in Daniel seven, and so we I want to get to this in First Corinthians. 2 verse 6 in dealing with understanding gaining the wisdom from the ancient days for the season ahead and starting in verse 6 he says yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature a wisdom however not of this age nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away but we speak god's wisdom in a mystery the hidden wisdom which god predestined before the ages to our glory the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood for if they had understood it they would not have crucified the lord of glory but just as it is written things which i has not seen or ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man all that god has prepared for those who love him for to us God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. And then he goes on to talk about um, this a little bit more later on in this chapter. But we see there in, in just those few few passages about how there's a wisdom. We tied in yesterday with Daniel 7, a wisdom from the ancient of days that is hidden from the rulers of this age, the demonic forces of today, the, the, you know, continuing on in Ephesians 6 um, about the spiritual warfare there, that there's wisdom we can gain through the Holy Spirit to be able to have weapons to be able to defeat them. And Chuck goes on to say in this, he says, the scriptures uh, has revolutionized my prayer life um, specifically. He talks about this a lot and, and his wife as well. Uh, throughout this book, he, he talks about, and in Redeeming the Time, he talks about this passage is one that 
how he gets his wisdom and, and how we all should get our wisdom is from the Lord that can get us out of situations. You know, sometimes we go to man, sometimes we go to this, that, or the other. But in reality is, is what better place to go than to God? And he always says it, and I've kind of um, copied it, is that, look, it is sometimes you can make yourself look smart by just saying things. And Proverbs talks about that, you know, uh, a foolish man can be can look wise by being silent. Um, but in reality, is, is if you just listen to the Lord, you're going to look like a genius. Not that you are a genius. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. But obviously, you're paying attention to the Lord. He's going to guide you through these situations. And that can then lead people to ask questions. Well, how did you know this? How did you do that? And, and it's a testimony um, going back to the Lord. But I digress. He goes on to say, he said, The Ancient of Days releases ancient wisdom for present-day victory. God has given us two keys of prayer wisdom. First, God's wisdom is greater than any worldly wisdom. Second, powers and principalities do not have access to this wisdom. And we see that through um, this scripture passage. He said, the authority of the demonic forces is limited. So ultimately, pray today to receive new wisdom from the ancient of days. And he goes on. He, he highlights um, in the Redeeming a Time book uh, the importance of um, renewing of the mind, that scripture passage in Romans, of how you lay yourself down as a living sacrifice, renew your mind, and then that's where you can tap into, let go of the things that are bogging you down from this world, to be able to pick up um, this wisdom from the ancient of days. And so that's what we want to pray today, and hopefully pray for our leaders as well, um, in whatever position, whatever political party they may be in, that the Lord come touch their hearts and give them with the wisdom and revelation as we we're entering into the one of the final weeks before the end of the year for a lot of votes to come up, um, which is a good transition into uh, nothing really international going on uh, worthy of speaking of kind of following the situation. We've talked about everything this week so far, uh, but a few things to highlight uh, that are coming this week. So. The last week we saw the Senate pass the Disrespect for Marriage Act, unfortunately. Now it goes through the House for the final vote before going to the president's office. That will, from my understanding, most likely happen um, this morning. They're, they're meeting about that right now in D.C. as we speak when the final vote is. Uh, nobody really knows, but C-SPAN is reporting that that's one of the hot topics in the House today. Then you have, and you're seeing a lot of reports and and. and back and forth between Kevin McCarthy and Nancy Pelosi and the Senate as well about um, annualized defense spending and then also government spending and then the omnibus bill, trying to tie both of those together uh, when in reality they should be separate. Now, the focus this week will be on the defense bill and then also government funding because the if the government, if the bill isn't reached or an agreement isn't reached before December 16th, then there's a possible shutdown of the government, which may not necessarily be a bad thing, but some people will be affected by this. And so it it's in light of both, well, more, yeah, both parties to prevent that from happening. Um, so December 16th is a huge major deadline for there. And then remember, this is a lame duck session of Congress. So people aren't necessarily going to vote if they're, if they were in vulnerable positions, they're not going to vote in line with their constituencies, they're going to vote on what they might believe or be perceived to believe to benefit them, uh, because there there's no consequences for anybody. Those who are going to get reelected or those who are going to be put out of office, who are already put out of office because they lost elections. Uh, this is a problem with how this is done. Um, so just uh, have an understanding there in that situation. And then there's also 
There's also this, um, just a little sarcastic quip, uh, is today the congressional leaders will are scheduled to participate in a gold medal ceremony for law enforcement personnel who protected the Capitol on January 6th of 2021. I wonder if they're going to give gold medals to people who remove barricades, who uh, discharged their gun blindly in the U.S. Capitol and killed someone, who opened the doors for people to go in, who opened the doors um, inside the U.S. Capitol. Are they going to give them gold medals? Are they going to hold them accountable? Um, I digress on that situation, but it'll be quite interesting to see. And I wonder if people will be actually paying attention and try to tie um, and see who those actual people are. Because both sides of this, those who, who entered the Capitol, ha they broke some laws in doing that. And then also there's problems with how the police handled it um, the day of, how Nancy Pelosi handled it, and then now how it's being handled afterwards. Um, people should have their day in court and unfortunately they're not. And that's a big issue, even though some of them are, are guilty of the things that are, they're being, um, accused of. They need to have their day in court in reality, unfortunately. And they're not, and that's, and they're being treated horribly in jail. And that's the thing that needs to come out and be dealt with. And then obviously, which we'll get to here at the end, um, cause there's some things we specifically want to pray for in the Georgia runoff um, more so repent of <laughs> from things Warnock recently said um, uh, that is happening today as well. Now, um, yesterday we saw the case out of Colorado going before the Supreme Court on uh, religious liberty. And if you know anything about previous religious liberty cases involving cake makers, photographers, etc., it's the same argument being made is, well, how dare a company um, not service anybody who's trying to come to them. They should be forced to do so. And so the Supreme Court uh, had their oral argument yesterday. And I want to read um, this one paragraph, and then I want to play a video from the Colorado Attorney General that really outlines this case uh, or uh, the differences. So there's two arguments being made. There's the argument from the web designer saying, look, I'm going to not work on a message, doesn't matter who the client is, on a message that goes against my sincerely held religious beliefs, whether that be from a homosexual couple, whether it be from uh, from a heterosexual couple, or any other person. It's not about the person themselves. It's about the message that they're trying to get me to represent and push. Whereas you have the Colorado in this instance saying, well, they should be forced to do whatever uh, because it's discriminatory if they don't just go along with whatever the person is saying. And, and that's the difference there. And the oral argument yesterday was just as sort of Sonia Sotomayor asserted that a ruling from Smith, the web designer, would be the first time that the Supreme Court had ruled that quote unquote commercial businesses could refuse to serve a customer based on race, sex, religion, or sexual orientation, which is completely made up. But Chief Justice Roberts countered that the Supreme Court has never approved efforts to compel speech that is contrary to the Speaker's belief, and his five conservative colleagues signaled that they were likely to join him in the ruling. So what it looks like, everybody's reporting it, um, Reuters, Daily Wire, it, it is that it looks like, based upon questions in the oral argument yesterday, that the Supreme Court will rule in favor 
of the web designer saying she has the ability, first amendment, surprise, surprise, to refuse service to anybody that she deems is wanting her to do something against her religiously held religious beliefs. Now, something to pay attention to in this is, is this is yet another case like this coming out of, guess where, Colorado. Um, for anybody in Colorado knows about Colorado, Colorado is a big battle state that is has leaned heavily um, blue in some instances, and just pay attention to that. Um, there's a battle going on in Colorado that that I think needs to be people need to understand um, reality wise within the spiritual realm, especially about what's going on. Why? Because the question is, why are all these cases coming out of Colorado? Um, and now I want to get to what the Attorney General of Colorado said, because I think it's it's quite interesting to see in their argument of what they're trying to push. Colorado's Attorney General Phil Weiser said Smith was essentially seeking a license to discriminate. We are very concerned that if our side loses in this case, the court would open up an exemption that would make possible all sorts of professions. for. So he's saying basically, well, if you allow her to do this, then these example businesses will be able to quote-unquote discriminate. And listen to the list of businesses. He, he first says photographer, then he goes on to say this. Photographers, people made cakes, others who write books to say, I'm not going to sell to someone based on who... Remember we've had a case like this with specifically photographers, flower makers, cake makers, where this, this decision was already upheld to protect religious speech or protect actions from businesses that don't want to go in accordance with what the client is trying to push. Not that they're against the client themselves, maybe they are, maybe they aren't, but they're saying, look, I can't service you because this goes against my uh, sincerely held religious beliefs. They are. The court has never recognized an exception. And to do That is absolutely 100% a lie. Yes, it has. And hopefully they can uphold it, as even John Roberts said. So would threaten the core of our civil rights laws. And that is a, a extreme extreme argument being made um, and even Justice Sotomayor Tony Sotomayor pushes that argument so um, that ruling most likely won't come out until June it looks like it's going to go in favor of First Amendment's rights the, the big key there is John Roberts looking at where he the questions he is he is making um, this is a good thing for founding principles of upholding religious liberty, First Amendment, Second Amendment rights. Um, so to see him make that stance, he he's the key vote. Because if he goes, if he's going in, in agreement with um, the three liberal justices who make some just outlandish arguments in this case that were not, that have not been asked, that have not been anything. Because um, they even asked her a question of if she would refuse uh, this same type of messaging from a same, like if it were something that she disagreed with from a same-sex couple, would she refuse to service them? And she said, absolutely. Like, it's, it has nothing to do with the person. It has to do with the message that they're trying to get me to work on and push and, and tag me to. And it's, I'm not going to do that. So hopefully that all makes sense. I'm trying to summarize everything um, as best I can on that. So looks like that's a positive thing, something to pay attention to, pray for. Uh, come June, and, the, and there's still there's two more cases the Supreme Court's going to hear this week, and it looks like they're going to be done for the rest of December. I'm not too familiar with those cases, but there are those as well. All right, moving on, uh, more updates from the White House on these Twitter files, and it's quite interesting. So yesterday, the White House was 
presented with um, an opportunity to respond to this whole Twitter debacle, um, Twitter files, and more so the, the, the involvement with the White House on these stories. Uh, and here is the question and answer from Katinja Brown-Jackson, the White House press secretary, on this question. That you had said, I think, six or so days ago that the White House was watching um, closely the situation at Twitter after Elon Musk's ownership of it with respect to misinformation. And because these files were released um, on the basis of, you know, hack materials clause. So it's she's prefacing it of, hey, you you said you're monitoring this. These files have come out. Basically, here's 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 the final portion of this question and then the response from uh, at Twitter, Jackson. Uh, decisions were made to, to censor reporting leading up to the election my question was is it the White House view that these decisions were made appropriately in light of what has come out which decisions by whom by Twitter by Twitter on okay so look we see this as a, a an interesting or a coincidence if I may that uh, uh, that he would so haphazardly, uh, Twitter would so haphazardly push this distraction. Uh, that is a that is a full of uh, old news. Oh, it's old news now. It's quite interesting because before it was not real. Before these things never existed. It's Russia's disinformation. Um, now it's a distraction and old news. Very convenient. Um, obviously, we we went through Chris Reed's prophetic on this a little bit. Um, about how this is going to be brought forward. There's going to be information that just can't be ignored. Um, and this is the response. The reason it's important is because we want to pray for the office of the president and see how they're responding to this and the fallout from this. She goes on to continue and says this. If you think about it, um, and uh, at the same time, Twitter is facing very real and very serious questions uh, about the rising volume of anger, hate, and anti-Semitism on their platform. That is an outright lie. Elon Musk has, has pointed this out and showed that it's actually gone the opposite direction in some of his reporting to um, his investors and people inside uh, the organization of how since he's taken over, because they've gone after and attacked it and specifically prevented these type of things from, from happening, hate those type of messages from going on, that it's actually gone down. So it's it's very interesting to see how the White House is responding to this, how they're interacting um, with the news cycle and the events of that are coming out of this. Now, we're also finding, and this is from the New York Post, that the per FEC filings with um, the former head of security and site integrity. Y'all Roth, that Twitter, along with Facebook and other social media platforms, were having weekly meetings with the FBI before the Hunter Biden laptop story ever came about. And, and in those meetings, it was about the FBI telling these social media companies, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, to be on the lookout for Russia disinformation, hack stories. So when you go off, and if I'm knocked off again, remember, we're on Rumble. Rumble doesn't censor us for now. Um, but if for some reason Facebook kicks you off, I'm always on Rumble. Uh, um, but in this, 
these meetings with the FBI that they had weekly in San Francisco at Twitter, at Facebook, they were telling them about this. So when you see the the news that um, people with inside Twitter had the what looks like the automatic internal response to just say, oh, this is hacked, we don't know, we got to wait. The reason they have that response is because that's what they were being told by the FBI themselves, government cooperation. And yet, once again, the conspiracy theorists knock this one out of the park, and those who are the experts uh, swing and a miss on this. Okay, These are weekly meetings. I want to highlight that. Now, um, what we also want to see is, is okay, when the White House says these are distractions, these are old news, all this hate, etc., stuff like this, not only is that not true, Elon has debunked that, but if that were the case, you would see advertisers and people walk away. But because of some incentives that Elon Musk has put into place, you're seeing some of those advertisers who were walking away Apple, who was potentially going to pull Twitter from it, um, which was then going to see legal action from Elon um, and Twitter and Congress and et cetera, uh, actually come back and start advertising along with Amazon on Twitter because of some incentive deals that they've done, which is a very brilliant move from Elon and the Twitter team there to try to get advertisers back to, number one, uh, pay off his $44 billion debt that he has uh, to... The, the investors, the banks, um, who allowed him to be able to buy this. So, because he used he used massive debts to do this, and he has a huge interest payment on this as interest rates continue to rise. So, um, that's that's a focus there. It's interesting to see that. And I, I tell this story because if what the White House is saying is true, then these advertisers aren't going to advertise on it. If hate all this other stuff that they don't want to be associated with is really happening on Twitter, they're not going to want to be associated with this. But that's not that's not the case. So follow the money, you'll see what's really going on. Um, and then one of the last things about this story is I mentioned it yesterday at noon prayer, but I want to give specifics on this is the White House, or more so, I should say, uh, the Department and Treasury is withholding certain information from uh, Jim Jordan, the House Judicial Committee chair, um, on when these investigations come about next year on what is something called a suspicious activities report, where the Banks who are involved in these accounts are supposed to, if they see any nefarious actions happening within themselves, report it to the Treasury and it's supposed to be made public. Well, the Treasury Department is keeping private 148 of the 150 suspicious activities reports. So only two have been made public, 148 have been kept private, and the Treasury Department is not wanting those to be revealed. Now, that only involves Hunter Biden. It also involves uh, President Biden's brother, Jim, as well. And Jim Jordan is asking, why are these not being made public, and why can't I get access to them? We want to investigate this. So... Again, this is another thing piling onto the White House. So when you see Chris Reed's prophetic word of possibly Joe Biden falling down, having stress, having to possibly be removed from office, is the House is crumbling down on top of him. Um, it will take time. It will not be as expected. Let's remember that. Um, but unfortunately, it will happen. And, and so we want to pray for 
the White House and those around them that hopefully in this moment they can have an encounter with the Lord um, while the president's going through this to be able to make the proper decisions. Maybe they will, maybe they won't, but we're still going to pray for that. We're going to pray that, that, that the Holy Spirit can come in and, and, and touch their hearts and change them into realizing, uh, number one, what is actually going on, but then to write policies, advocate for policies that are more in line with the heart of the Father. Um, and then we're also seeing with this, the, which I don't think this is a bad thing, but I think we need to be aware of this. Uh, Elon Musk's Neuralink is facing federal probes uh, from um, federal agencies and along with uh, employee backlash and uh, animal rights activists because they're going to test animals with the Neuralink chip in their brain to see if they can actually do it. And, and and this is very problematic. What he's trying to do, uh, put chips in brains to eventually be able to make you live longer and all this stuff, um, and do a host of other things. Uh, it basically, it's the the idea of the Internet of Things of make everything connected to the Internet, even humans themselves, uh, within their brains. It's not sure that it can be done, so they're going to start testing. Uh, but yet the F, well, the the federal government. In the Biden administration more so can't go after Twitter directly, so they're going to go after Elon in other ways, and this is how they're doing it, uh, which all intents and purposes um, I, is still yet to be up in the air about the reality of, of what this fully means. Is this the chip? Maybe, maybe not. Um, we'll see. Or the mark of the beast, I should say. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but it, all, it very well could be. Okay, so with all that being said, final few things. Uh, we see now, um, in paying attention to the issue and, and the case of the Arizona election, uh, Katie or uh, excuse me, Carrie Lake said the the challenges to the Arizona elections officials, um, to the the actual case, cannot go forward until the election is certified. So yesterday they certified the elections in Arizona. So now maybe this week we'll we'll start to see the challenges there and so we're we're seeing this play out before our very eyes something to pray for that the truth come forward on this and then um we also have the uh, georgia senate runoff today today's the final vote so we want to be able to uh, make sure we're um, praying for those who are voting that they get out and vote. And then there was comments made by um, Raphael Warnack to say uh, some from a pastor some very interesting things that are, are very, very alarming. Uh, and I want to pull this up. We want to repent for some of these things and then also be aware of what is fully going on here in this and what he stands for. Hopefully people can realize this. And um, it's, 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 one of the, it's one of the things that's on the ballot. And, and he's talking about the um, right to have abortion be codified into law and the challenges there. Basically saying, and this because this is the argument, that look, we have this challenge coming before it and, and, and hear his response. This is quite alarming. You know, I get a lot of pushback from people who seem to think that they own the interpretation of the gospel. What he's about to say is completely hereditary and completely apocryphal to say the least uh, um, about the gospels and what the gospel says and what Jesus would have done. But I've, I've been studying the scriptures my whole life. I'm, I'm committed to the faith. 
And as a pastor, I have a profound reverence for life. There. That should be the end of his statement. But what he says next is, is very concerning. And as a pastor and a person of faith, I have a deep respect for choice. You either have for life or for death. Scripture tells us that. And I still think, as I've said time and time again, that a patient's room is too small and cramped a space for a woman, her doctor, and the United States government. But if we care about life, you know, black women are dying. Which are completely separate issues you have to look at in an individual. Like, you have to look at these on individual cases. Three to four times the rate of, of white women in childbirth as a result of childbirth. And so if you care about life, we ought to find a way. That's a place where government could show up. Yeah. Free choice, keep the government out. But, oh, now we need it. It's and quite interesting. the obvious bias in our healthcare system. It, it's what Jesus would do. It, I think it's exactly what Jesus uh, would do. Senator really? Jesus would allow the murder when Scripture clearly tells us the opposite. And so we want to repent for these words um, coming out. Hopefully people can see, see these statements. I mean, this is on MSNBC making the rounds and, and yes how lord have mercy the deception um and so we want to pray for voters today to have the fear and wisdom of the lord when they go out and vote um and, and this is the problem with early voting statements like these can can be said when people have already voted uh, massive numbers uh, of breaking early election voting cycles on this so gonna have to um pray that people go out and vote it, it's gonna be uh whoever wins this election is gonna be about who gets out and actually votes can't stay at home for those in georgia it's time to get out um, make sure you cast your ballot stay in line whatever the case may be if they try to do anything nefarious um but also know that look they've you've been warned from officials in Georgia that you're not going to know the results of this election tonight. It may take into tomorrow, which is very problematic um, and in a, this situation. So we're seeing some good things on the House and some challenges here in the Senate. So we want to continue to pray for this uh, and stand on the wall, being informed for what's going on in this nation and praying for the office of the president. So with that, uh, for those who kept getting knocked off, again, Facebook, I, I guess, is censoring some things. Uh, maybe the videos I'm playing. Um, that's why I try to interrupt them to make sure they're not being blocked. But if they are, again, we're on Rumble. It'll be on a podcast where it will be un uninterrupted. Um, and they're starting to censor things. Um, so it looks like, you know, Facebook was doing somewhat of a good job of, of staying out of the way and not in interfering uh, with free speech. But they are starting to, um, I guess, get involved. So, yes, we do. There are chats there as well on rumble for those who who want to interact there i know a lot of people do facebook because of the chats there is a chat section there we can interact there as well um so let's continue to uh, pay attention and see what's going on and praying for this nation the office of the president so that these thrones of iniquity can be dethroned so blessings um we'll see you guys tomorrow have a good one